Let us pray. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus. And fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord was magnified. Acts 19.17 Through the power of the Holy Spirit, I denounce and rebuke every evil spirit that would ever try to come against my life and the plans of the Lord. Through the Word of God, I understand and recognize that through the blood of Jesus, I have true power and authority over every dark spirit who would ever try to step against me. Satan, you are rendered helpless and weak because you are a defeated foe. Holy Spirit, will you never allow me to forget that in you I have complete power and control. Unlike the seven sons in Acts 19, I declare that my name is known in the gates of hell. I declare that demons tremble when my feet touch the ground. With the same tenacity as Paul in Ephesus, I take control over every atmosphere and declare every place my foot treads as holy ground, dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for making prayer a priority in your day. To learn more about the Bible, stay tuned for today's story. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com Paul in Ephesus In our last story, Paul established the Corinthian church. The wicked port city of Corinth was a dark and twisted place, yet the light of Jesus was spreading forth in power. Now we see a new church emerge. The church of Ephesus begins with Paul and just twelve men willing to connect with the people around them. They would soon face danger, demons, and angry mobs. However, nothing would prevail against the work of Jesus. Inspired by the books of Acts and Ephesians. Hello, I'm Pastor Jack Graham with today's episode of The Bible in a Year. In our previous time together, we heard how Paul journeyed to Corinth and planted the church in that city, even in the midst of sin and deplorable conditions. Debauchery, really, a Corinthian society that was corrupt. Paul remained in Corinth for a year and a half to plant the deep roots of the gospel for the church, that they may stay grounded in the truth. It would be a continual battle against a prevailing and a perverse culture. Today, we will go with Paul to Ephesus as he begins yet another church after finding 12 individuals who are eager to receive the truth of Jesus Christ. We'll find Paul healing people as Jesus did. And we'll see how God' purposes prevail even in the midst of persecution. So let's listen once again to the reading of God's Word. The cool breeze on the Corinthian shore faded as Paul journeyed inland to Ephesus. He had built up a great team of noble men and women there, and he had faith that the Lord would move in that city despite its corruption. As he entered the city, he caught word that there were disciples in the city. Paul wandered through the streets, inquiring as to where he can find the followers of Jesus. He found them in a home in the heart of the city. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? Paul asked. We have not heard of such a thing, they answered. 
So Paul spoke to them about the Spirit of God, baptism, and the mission of Christ. So the Holy Spirit came upon all twelve of the people there in Ephesus. They began speaking in tongues and doing mighty works in the name of Jesus. Paul grew close to the Ephesians, and together they built a community of believers. Paul and the Ephesian believers were in the middle of the city healing the sick. They would tend to wounds, pray, and watch the Lord do mighty works of compassion. The days were long and filled with purpose. For two years Paul endeavored in the city, so long that the Ephesians became Paul's adopted family. It was late, and a group of Jewish exorcists walked into the home of a man possessed by a demon. They were the seven sons of Siva. They stepped forward towards the demoniac. His eyes darted forward like a lion stalking its prey. The sons had never seen a glare so evil. The man's eyes looked human, but behind them was the spirit of the enemy. The room was dark, and the Jews trembled as the demoniac stood to his feet. One of the sons took a step forward and yelled, Come out of this man by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. There was a moment of silence. Then a terrible <laughs> laughter burst forth from the demon's belly. Ah, yes, Jesus I know. Paul I know as well. But who are you? A crooked smile slid across the demon's face. Then, like a lion finally going in for the kill, the demon-possessed man leapt forward at the seven sons of Siva. They were no match for him. The demon grabbed one of them by the cloak and threw him onto the ground and began ripping his clothes off. He leapt towards the door and kept the others from escaping. He took the head of one son and bashed it against the wall. Each one of them was brutally beaten and wounded by the demon. Each of them barely made it out alive. As they ran away, naked and wounded, they could hear the loud belly laughs of the demon inside. Word spread of the demoniac's rage against the seven sons of Siva. Fear fell upon the entire city of Ephesus. Jews and Greeks alike trembled at the thought of a demon in their midst, so they clung to the name of Jesus for safety. Many in the city understood that there were things beyond their understanding at work, and they needed to cling to God for refuge and safety from that which would threaten their hearts. Together, they brought their idols, carved images, and books of pagan rituals to the fire. It was a symbol of their surrender to God. However, just like the slave girl who told fortunes, there were many people who profited off idol-making. A silversmith in Ephesus called Demetrius stewed in deep hatred towards Paul. He had made all his money making shrines in Artemis, but now they were all being destroyed. He gathered all the craftsmen of Ephesus together to conspire against Paul. They stormed the place where he was preaching, yelling, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! Demetrius riled up a large crowd to cause confusion and woe among the church. Paul was about to stop them, but realized that the city of Ephesus was coming to their defense. Paul watched in awe as the fruit of his labor emerged. All the work he had put in preaching teaching and discipling was showing itself before his very eyes. The city was clinging to God, even in the midst of persecution and opposition. It would be the Ephesian church that would always hold a special place in Paul's heart. In today's scripture, we begin with Paul traveling to a new city, Ephesus. This was a place of great wealth and great spiritual need. It was the epicenter of the cult of Artemis, the goddess of fertility. People from all over the world came to Ephesus to pay tribute to Artemis at her shrine. 
the fact that it was a place of great spiritual need and a city that brought travelers from the world over made it also a city of great opportunity to spread the gospel. And Paul and his companions were always ready to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to unreached people. Paul found in Ephesus some people who had heard the gospel, at least in part. They had eagerly accepted the call to repentance and baptism that John the Baptist had preached, but their transformation was not yet complete. So Paul shared with them the fullness of the gospel and the one to whom John had pointed others, Jesus Christ. Remember, it was John who said, Behold the Lamb of God, Jesus, who takes away the sin of the world. The Ephesians eagerly accepted these words and were baptized in the name of Jesus. Then, as Paul laid hands upon them, they received the Holy Spirit. The indwelling of God's Spirit is the mark of a believer, a true Christian. And as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in languages and declare God's truth, much like the first believers at Pentecost. And so the Ephesian church was birthed with about 12 members. And from this, it would grow to be a force in the city to change the culture around them by the power of the gospel. Paul got right to work at Ephesus, going to the synagogue and speaking boldly for three months. The fact that he spoke so openly without persecution for three months must have been encouraging to him. But soon there were grumblings and anger among the Jews, and Paul resolved to take his message into the public square. Here he would reason with Greeks in the lecture hall of Tyrannus, sharing the word of God for two years, so that many Jews, as well as Gentiles, heard the truth. We also hear that Paul went about with great power to heal in the name of Jesus. This was not his power, but God's power. It was a sign to unbelievers that opened the door for him to share the truth about Jesus, of his cross and his resurrection, and the salvation that he provides to all who believe in him, not only then, but now. Eventually, Paul was well known in the city of Ephesus, so much so that even unbelievers tried to attach themselves to the apostle. We heard of seven Jewish brothers, the sons of Sceva, who tried to cast out demons in Paul's name. This story is really comical, but it's sad at the same time. These men did not know Jesus or follow him. They only sought glory and power for themselves. One day, a demon they tried to cast out made it clear. He knew Jesus and feared Jesus, and he feared Paul, but not these men. They had no power, and the beating they received from the demon-possessed man made this clear. It's a powerful reminder that power comes not from any human being or in any human name, even that of the Apostle Paul. Power comes from God himself and in the name of the Savior who changes lives. When word got out about this, it was a tremendous witness for Christ, and many began to call on the name of the Lord and become saved. And from that, a small group of 12 or so men, God began to establish the church at Ephesus. And it changed the city. They impacted their entire region. Look what it says in Acts 19, verses 18 and 19. I just love this. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. A genuine encounter with Jesus cannot help but transform our lives and change us from the inside out. We now find our identity in Christ, and we can change the world around us. 
We close today's reading hearing how a riot broke out with both Greeks and Jews opposing the message of Christ, stirring up trouble, and trying to draw Paul into a fight. But the disciples and even some government officials who were friends of Paul kept him from getting into the chaos. God was protecting the church from danger, and soon the riot dissipated with no harm coming to Paul or the other Christians. But the battle was far from over. There would still be persecution, opposition, and threats and intimidation to God's work in Ephesus. Later, Paul would write to his fellow Christians at Ephesus, reminding them of this spiritual battle, for which they would need the full armor of God to be able to withstand the attacks of the enemy. It is an armor that all Christians possess, and we must put on each day with faith. We can win our spiritual battles with spiritual weapons. Dear God, thank you for the Word of God and how it reminds you of the power of Jesus to change lives. We remember that we face spiritual battles every day, and therefore we armor up. We arm ourselves with the truth of your Word and protect ourselves with the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus in whose name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. This is Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. I want to encourage you to download the Pray.com app and make prayer and Bible study discipleship a priority in your life. Put Jesus first in your life and watch what he can do when you give your life to him. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with someone you love, because by Inviting others to join us on this journey through the Bible, many will meet the Lord and experience His power in their lives. I also want to encourage you to join my wife Deb and I on a trip to Israel, April 1st through the 10th, 2024. This is an amazing opportunity to walk where Jesus walked and to experience the Bible at a new level. When we tour Israel, we don't just see sights, but we worship, we pray, We hear the Bible taught, and it's my privilege to lead this tour and to teach God's Word as we go. So we would love to have you. And then also, there's a trip coming up July 6th through 13th of 2024 also to Alaska, an Alaskan adventure. And this also is an opportunity for us to be together as Christians, to enjoy great fellowship, to see one of the most beautiful places in all the world and that is Alaska, to see the wonders of God and to worship Him, to study the Bible together, and to see all the great sights around. So again, Israel is April the 1st through the 10th, 2024, and Alaska is July the 6th through the 13th. You can go to jackgraham.org for information or to prestonwood.org slash Israel. We would love to have you, so check it out. And if you want more resources on how to tap into God's power for your life, be sure to visit jackgraham.org. God bless you. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality. Hello, I'm Dr. Tony Evans, and I'm excited to have you join me on this new podcast, Heroes in the Bible. Come to me, boy. You and your God will crumble beneath my feet. He beckoned the giant and said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts and creator of the stars. You know, we all have giants that we face in our life. And when you understand that the greatness of God 
affects our ability to handle the giants of life, it will encourage, inspire, and challenge all of us to our faith in God and our growth in Jesus Christ. Look past his height and appearance, Samuel, for man sees the outward appearance. They see the strength of the man's arms, but the Lord looks into the heart. Listen to Heroes in the Bible with Dr. Tony Evans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.